Humans are amazing. I am biased because I'm a human. Hopefully you are one as well. But it's true. I was just reading the other day that we just found a new exoplanet. An exoplanet is a planet that in theory can sustain human life. Do you know how they found this planet? They found this planet by studying a star. What? Yeah, that's true. They were able to see that the variations of the brightness of a star could only be created by the gravity pull of a planet. A planet that is orbiting that star. That's how they find planets. It's crazy. Can you imagine how smart must humans be to be able to understand our universe in such a way? To understand physics and mathematics? I know that sometimes we look at our dogs and, and pets and chimps and, and they are very smart. They are really pretty smart, but come on, nothing compares to this. And this brain, this brain brings a lot of complexity and brings a lot of different people. People are different. People have different ways of seeing life, of experiencing life. But still, most of us live life in a very similar manner. Why is that? Well, I think the answer, or at least the most obvious answer, is because it just works better. We are social beings. And we have a goal. I don't know what our goal is. I don't know if anyone kind of came up with a goal. I just sat down and wrote or tried to decide or if it just happened. But nowadays, at least in Western societies, it seems that the goal is growth. Growth and power. We want to make more money, we want to get more weapons, and we want to control more things. And the best way to get that is to give roles to people. Things are changing now, for sure. I think now uh, people get a little bit more freedom than in the past. But if you look 100 years ago, Men and women had very specific roles in society. As an example, if you were born as a woman, there were certain things that you were not able to do, and vice versa. And with that, I mean anything, right? Even if we look at our kids, right? When they, when they study, they all go through the same educational system. There's no changes, even though everyone... Is different. Even though some people like to study planets and others like social media and others like dancing, creating music and others like working in the offices. There's no shame on that. But everyone is different. But still we have the same way of teaching people. Why is that? It's weird, isn't it? And when someone tries to get out of this box, when someone wants to do something different let's say, climb a mountain, they want to be mountaineers, most parents won't accept that. Most parents will say, no, you'll get a college degree in economics and you'll fall in line. You'll follow the paths that everyone follows. And it's not only your parents, it's really everyone around you. It's even how the society is built. The society is built so that you get a steady job 
you get the mortgage, and you contribute with taxes. That's how it's built, at least in, in, our, in my part of the world. So we always get excited when we see documentaries, documentaries of people that we kind of classify as extraordinary human beings. I just watched two of those documentaries on Netflix. I highly recommend you to watch them too. The first one was a documentary about the life of Anthony Bordeaux, a chef turned traveler that basically traveled the world and tried different foods and experienced everything that there is to experience in this planet or at least a lot of countries. And the other one was called is called The Alpinist. And it's about this uh, um, climber. His name is uh, Mark Andre. And it's about how he basically climbs crazy mountains in the winter without any protection, without any rope. He solos all of these mountains. Both of these people have a very interesting life. A life that is interesting enough for Netflix to make a documentary about. But both of these people have something in common. They live a different lifestyle. They live a different lifestyle than you and me. That's why they are incredible. And now if we think about every people we kind of admire, they live a different lifestyle and we get obsessed about it. How many YouTube videos are there where you get Elon Musk or Mr. Beast or Casey Neistat or Obama describing how they live their lives, like a day in Obama's life? And we all get excited because we see that they do things that we don't. They are very systematic. They wake up at 5 a.m. to do exercise, to read a book, to eat breakfast, to be with their kids. And at 8, they start working. And we get, wow, that's amazing. And the same with the alpinist, where he basically decides to live a life that is so different than any other life. He just gets a tent and he has no connection with material things, really. He just wants to live very, very low cost so that he can dedicate his life to his passion, climbing mountains. Funny enough, in, this, in both these documentaries, it kind of ends in a not-so-happy note. Both of them died. <laughs> Spoiler alert. And one, Ant Anthony Bordeaux committed suicide, um, but it was already, I don't know, it was probably around the 60, end of 60s, 70s. And uh, Mark andre died while climbing a mountain, and he was only 25. Still, we are celebrating their lives. We are documenting their lives. We are showing their lives to everyone. As an example? Or is it entertainment? I don't know. But it's funny because at the same time that we admire these people, these heroes, we tell everyone not to be like them. We tell everyone that it's safer to just live a quote-unquote boring life. A life without risks. We try to reduce risks to its maximum, and it also makes sense, right? I mean, we, we like living. We don't know if there's any other life afterwards, so better enjoying it as much as we can. But at the same time, if we are just doing something that we are not passionate to do, are we really enjoying it? 
or not so much. So that's the kind of things that I've, I've been thinking more and more because I also feel that now I am living a different lifestyle than a lot of the people around me. Indie hacking is a lifestyle. At first, I didn't realize that. I didn't understand. So I tried to live this life as close as the life I was living before, like having a normal job. But it's not. That's why I got so anxious at first, because I didn't have any structure. I, I didn't have any security, at least the security that society tells us that we must have, you know, social security, unemployment money, all of these things. But then I started to get in the vibe of being indie hacker. I, I understand the risks, but I like them. I embrace them. And now, to be honest, it's just normal. I like to believe that when you see all the mountaineers just hanging out with each other and one the next day is climbing a, fly, a fucking one kilometer or two kilometer mountain without a rope, they just find it normal. It's like you tomorrow going to your job. And yes, we look at them and we see that they they risk it. Some risk more than others, to be honest. Some risk more than others. But maybe they also look at us and say, hey, they are risking their lives, right? With all the stress and the pollution and basically being unhappy is also not healthy for them. So it's just different perspectives. I find this very, very interesting. And also something that I've realized that's also funny is how unachievable something seems to be until you start working for that. I, I think I, I talked about this in, in the podcast before. That one thing that stuck with me in my Taekwondo classes was that my Taekwondo master once said that a black belt is a white belt that never gave up. As simple as that. If you think only about achieving the black belt, you think, wow, it's years of dedication and and tears and, and sweat and really sticking into that. But if you think as a, a white belt that never gave up, it seems simple. You just have to show up and do the work. Obviously, it's not as simple as it sounds, but a lot of things are. When I first started this indie journey, it looked like a huge mountain to climb. It looked impossible. And sure, it was, and it is. There's always a lot of rough patches. But then it kind of started to become more attainable. That I started to feel that I could actually do it. And the same thing happens with so many other things. When you learn to play an instrument, for instance... I remember when I started learning the guitar, and you probably also have some examples, something that you achieved. It seemed impossible at first, but then you start practicing and you start enjoying it. And our brain has this interesting thing where once you like something and you commit to something, you want to be good at it. And it gives you joy to become better and better and better. So instead of being something unpleasant, it's something nice. And that makes you evolve faster. So all of these lifestyles, all of these incredible things we see people doing around us, they are just people like us. They are very similar to us. Sure, they might have different risk boundaries or they might have different passions. Some are taller, some are thinner, some are fatter, but they are just people. 
And as you, they just decided to try it out. They decided to pursue their dream. And at first it was hard. And then it got harder and harder. And then it got a bit easier and easier. And they just got used to that. And suddenly they were mountaineers. I've, I've been thinking a lot about what it means to be indie hacker. Uh, I know there are different phases. The, the initial phase is very hard. But once you got start getting some money, things get better. Things get better. And now I see myself really thinking about what is this? What, what is our goals? Because, again, if we go back to the goal of society, especially Western societies, to grow, to make more money, to be bigger and powerful. But for a lot of indie hackers, a lot of the people I see around, they don't care too much about that. I don't know if you read uh, the newsletter from uh, Tony Dean. I highly recommend for you to read it. I always get excited when one new issue comes out. But in the most recent one, he speaks about how he managed his team. Yeah, he has a team now. I don't know if they're freelancers or full contractors. But he says that it does not put a lot of pressure. It does not give any deadline. It just says, okay, whenever it's done, it's done. Sometimes it takes more time, sometimes it takes less time. But it's very stress-free. At the same time, I know that is a person with uh, high expectations and uh, he wants to get shit done. And he's always making amazing products. So it's interesting because it seems that he's very chilled, but at the same time, I know that he works hard. How is this life? Like, I'm, I'm still figuring out, like, what is this lifestyle, right? What shall we do with our projects? Shall we just make it until we are having fun with it and just continue to the next thing? I don't know. I, I really don't know. But one thing for sure, for now, I am still having a lot of fun with Squeeze, And I want to grow it. <laughs> I, I want to grow it. I have to be honest with myself. And... Maybe that's still the part of me that lives in the previous lifestyle, but I want to see it grow. I I have this compet- competition inside of me as well. There's so many other similar projects. I want to be the best. <laughs> One thing that has been bothering me quite uh, a lot, uh, myself and Joan as well, is the fact that a lot of people have been creating fake accounts. And I tell you why. Basically, with a pod squeeze, when you create an email or you create an account, I don't validate the email. And yeah, I'm the judge is still out. I'm not sure if this is the best, but yeah, I just don't want that asshole. It's so annoying, you know? You need to write your email, confirm your email, then you need to wait for a link to your email. Sometimes it goes to the spam, sometimes you don't get it. Uh, I don't want to do that. I just want to be simple. Put your email, put your password, that's it. But of course, that it just allows to people to just put random words at gmail.com and it works and i realized that people were doing this because once you do that you get 15 minutes for free and we had this we had people or one person i don't know that's the thing it could be that only one person would every day come and use our platform for free and it was annoying it was not really affecting our mrr or anything but it was annoying to see this It, it felt unfair so we changed things. Uh, my idea was to basically reduce the permissions you get as a free user. I realized that most people that want to use PodSqueeze 
in a semi-professional way, they want to upload their episodes because they want to generate the assets before the episode is actually out. The other option is for you to use your RSS ID and basically you need your episode to be published already. So 63% of the people that using the free tier uploaded their uh, audio file and 83 using the paid tier upload their audio file. So I said to Joao, let's make it only for paid tiers. Only paid tiers can upload their audio file. Joao agreed and we did that. And we sure got some people that wasn't were not happy with that. I assume that these people were the, the scammers. <laughs> but in general, it worked. I see no more fake accounts. Probably I also see now a little bit more conversion. I don't know, because people uh, need to pay to get the upload feature. But it was something that I found it was successful, in my opinion, at least so far. And I feel that the platform is a bit more fair now. At the same time, I feel that maybe just because two or three people were trying to scam us, all the others got affected. And, and this just shows that when you think, and this happens a lot in Portugal, I have to say, a lot of people have this mentality, ah, it's just me, it's okay, I can ju just do this, I can just cut the line, it's just me. But the moment one person starts doing this, it affects the whole vibe. Just because one or two people are not paying for their coffees, now it's mandatory for you to pay immediately, even before you get your coffee. Things You get restrictions because the few people that don't think that they are, quote-unquote, smarter than others. And, I'm yeah, I also feel bad because I allow these people to change my product. At the same time, I also think that it's it's a good idea. It's, it's a good idea as well to convert more people. And it seems fair. I mean, the first tier is not that expensive. We have it really cheap. So, I don't know, we don't work for free. <laughs> yeah, so we are trying to reduce a lot our customer support. We are trying to do that. Um, and our idea, we have one thing that we do that I think works really well, which is if we see that a lot of tickets are similar, a lot of people are asking the same things, we basically find a way that they don't have to ask it anymore. And I, I give you a perfect example. Two things that people are always asking. One, how can I create folders? I know people just want to organize their podcasts and they want to create a folder. And there are some ways already in the platform to create folders, but they are not very obvious. So every time I had to explain how to create folders. And it, it was not very straightforward, so a lot of people wouldn't understand. So what did I do? I created a better way to create folders. And hopefully now we reduce 50% of our user requests, our customer support. Another thing that happened was a lot of people were asking to unsubscribe from our operational emails. Operational emails are basically emails saying, hey, your plan just renewed. You can use, you have now 50 more minutes. People don't want that. And we are getting a lot of messages and it's a boring feature that will save us time. So I implemented an unsubscribe button in those particular emails. There are also other ways, other ways to reduce the time you need to spend in customer support because we are now living in the world where you have a brain as an API. Yeah, ChatGPT. 
So today I actually want to speak about a product from Luca. By the way, this is a sponsored episode. This section will be sponsored, but I, I think that you won't like to skip this because it's very interesting and, and very useful. Luca created a product called UserDesk, userdesk.io. And this product basically allows you to create a smart agent, a customer support agent, so that you don't need to always answer the questions that people keep asking. So it's very simple to use. You just go to userdesk.io and you can try it for free. Actually, you get one bot for free. And you connect it with Notion. Notion is a tool that is also free. A lot of people are using it these days. It's kind of, uh, let's call it uh, Google Docs on steroids. Allows you to do a lot of things. But also it's simple enough that you can just go there and create your own FAQ. You can go there and just paste your documentation or put some FAQ with some question and answers. And you can just answer in detail all these questions, questions that people are asking every day. It's very simple. You can just do that. And then you go to user desk, you connect to this Notion page, and that's it. You suddenly have your own AI agent, as simple as that, because what user desk does is that it trains the chat GPT based on this information and you can update this information at any time. Then you just um, generate basically a JavaScript snippet that you add to your website. You know, the drill is very simple. Basically every analytics tool do the same. And that's it. And then on the bottom right corner of your screen, you'll see a little chat that pops up and people can interact with your bot. And that's how you save a lot of hours out of your week. It's amazing. Then you have a really good uh, UI where you can see all the messages being sent to user desk. And then you can also take over. Let's say that uh, there's a specific question that you think that you don't have enough information in your Notion page and you want to take care of that or you want to make extra questions, whatever. You just click on a button and say, I will take over now. And you can just answer to this person. You can answer to this user yourself. So I have to say, I'm really impressed. Luca is always making amazing products. I am a huge fan. He's an indie hacker himself. And uh, this one is really game changer. So just go to userdesk.io. You can create your own chatbot in a matter of minutes, add it to your website, and start trying it out. It's really, really cool. Thank you, Luca, for sponsoring this wannabe entrepreneur episode. And I wish you all the best for this amazing product. Now, one other thing that I want to speak and I think it, it's a good bridge because Luca is also a member of the community and the community is another project that is also bringing me some money. Obviously, when I compare the money that Postquiz is bringing, uh, the community is not so much, but around $350 MRR, which I mean, is not bad. Uh, almost pays my rent, which is quite amazing, or at least my part of the rent. So I'm, I'm still happy and I love the community. I use it every day. I have a lot of my friends there. 
And it really helped me in, in those times when I was first starting my indie journey and I was feeling lonely. And it still helps. It still helps. Uh, when I feel lonely, when I want to share some, some uh, good news, some bad news, when I ask for advice, there's everything there. But at the same time, I, I feel that I'm putting it aside because PodSquiz takes so much of my time. And, and it's, I have to be honest, it's a bit more interesting, right? Because it's making so much money that I feel that I'm putting the community a little bit aside. And sometimes I see myself thinking, what should I do? And there are some thoughts. Some thoughts come to my head. One is maybe I should just stop asking for money. You know, because a lot of these people that have been loyal, that have been paying for the community for one, almost two years. I think some of them actually for two years. I know they're my friends now and it feels weird to ask for money <laughs> from them, even though it's only $10. Uh, so one thing that I thought was, okay, maybe I can change the monetization format of the community. So instead of paying... Uh, a subscription, you pay a one-time fee. You go there, you pay, let's say, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, and you get access for life. And then I would just give that access to the users that have been with the community for more than a year, for instance, because they already paid that. What would that mean? That would mean that basically my revenue of the community will just go to zero, at least for now, right? Because a lot of these people are, like, the, the retention is quite high. Um, so at the same time thing, is that fair for me? I mean, yeah, I put the work, so I should get paid, you know, and I still work on the community, but at the same time, yeah, it feels like the, the nice, the right thing to do. And at the same time, I'm also, I'm also afraid that by doing so the community, the, the, the motivation for people to contribute to the community will go down. Uh, I don't know. I feel that being a paid community, people feel, okay, I'm paying for this, I, I must use it. If it's not paid, I'm not going to use it. I'm, yeah. So, and I also know that a lot of people like you, or maybe you listen to this uh, podcast and you use the community as a way to contribute for a podcast. Um, yeah, so something that I've been thinking at the same time, I feel that I don't have the energy to work on that. I I could just implement that. I could just try to create a one-time fee, but I don't have the energy or the motivation, rather, to work on that part. The same with the other projects. Like, what do you do? Like, I have my Change It app. I have Indie Lottery as well. I And I feel like I'm getting emails every day from Indie Lottery, and it feels like it's spammy. And I, I want to change it. I thought, okay, let's make it a one email per week, and it's... I still can use it, but at the same time, like, I don't, I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. So at the same time, I, I just wanted to say that I still think about the community. I still think about the other projects and I think about new ideas all the time. Uh, I just don't have the motivation to do them. And uh, I think it's okay. It's also okay to give up and to quit. I'm, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people that see quitting or giving up or stopping doing something as a failure. I don't think it is. I, I'm, I'm doing that all the time, to be honest. Like, I think if you stop liking something or doing something, just stop it. Okay, if you have some users, maybe you have to close it. You, have, but it's not a failure. It's just you. It's a, it was a part of your life. You 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 did it, and and now you don't want to do it anymore. It's fair. 
so you want to allocate time to other things, other things you want to pursue. So uh, I think it's it should be okay to kill the indie lottery or to stop the um, the change it app. At the same time, I don't know. <laughs> I like it having it there. It's my they are my babies, <laughs> you know. I don't want to stop my babies. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. That's basically it. All I had for you today. And uh, if you want to check out UserDesk, the link will be in the show notes. So you can just go bloop, and click and check it out. And I'm sure Luca would really appreciate as well having your feedback. So you can find him on Twitter. I will also add his Twitter to the, um, the show notes. And uh, yeah. I wish you a rest of a lovely, lovely week. If you want to connect with me, make sure to send me a DM at WBTiago on Twitter. Or you... I think that's basically it. You can also join the community and contribute for this podcast. 10 bucks per month. And we can talk there. This was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you next time. Oh man, I can finally open the door. It's so hot in here.